You're listening to the Exchange Place Podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Exchange, where our hearts, souls, and ears come together for reciprocity and transformation. I am your host, Deborah Faith, and when we get together, we explore topics that help us to better understand ourselves and one another. The Exchange is my personal invitation for you to take inventory of your life. This is our space to be free, vulnerable, transparent. So live in it, learn from it, invite others to it, and most of all, protect it. Take care of it and it will take care of you. Her, her business is called Tapped Into Your Dopeness. <laughs> I, I figured it out. I figured it out. Um, I am so happy to be back, and I'm so happy Me to too. have you back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes. It's always a pleasure. The audience loved you, first oh, and foremost. And you. I've got so many e- emails and DMs and like, yeah, you was dropping them. <laughs> um, and I just want to th- thank, we have so many new Followers, subscribers, awesome. membership. We have memberships now, yes. y'all. We have a Patreon and we have YouTube memberships. So if you haven't joined, you are welcome to join. <laughs> yes, you are. There's going to be amazing content, um, behind the scenes stuff, some special episodes, Ooh. and there's a lot of stuff coming. That's um, amazing. This is the Evolve season, so we're evolving. We also have a text group. Oh, yeah. I gotta get put on. You gotta get on that. So I I usually send out like thoughts for the day or like things just to encourage, you know, as I'm led. So if you guys want to join the actual um, text group, you can either look below and text the exchange to 833-610-1664. So. Join the group. You're going to have to give me that number. I know. I'm going to give you it after the <laughs> I love show. Your words, yes, so you're going to have yes. to give me that so number. I, so just some words of encouragement, again, as they come. So I'll share. Um, but I'm I'm happy to have you on today. Thank you. Um, because I feel like in this Evolve season, I've been figuring out what I wanted to share with the audience, right? And the last time you were on the show, you mentioned briefly about being part of domestic violence. Yes. Um, and experiencing that. And I've been seeing, I know over the pandemic, first of all, domestic violence has shot through the roof. Um, and I was just thinking that it's something that I think the statistics is like one out of four women mm-hmm. experience and also one out of seven men. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, dang. It's crazy. Like, it's insane. Um, so I want to talk about your story, um, kind of the beginning to middle and to the now, so the evolution of what you've gone through. And I know since there are so many people being affected by it, and I personally haven't been affected by it, I've seen it growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I want to talk to the audience that has, you know what I mean? Or maybe in it right now. So I just want you to, like, and you guys, we probably going to cry here. I'm just going to be very, y'all know by now, I am a crier. (laughs) So am I. I I have accepted that I am a crier. But I think it's something that we need to bring more awareness to because I think it's happening behind closed doors and people never talk about it. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. And and I and because I'm somebody who has experienced it, mm-hmm. I can see the signs in women. Wow. I um I'm not gonna front. I don't see the signs in men mm-hmm. unless I see it with my own eyes or someone tells me. Mm-hmm. But in women I see the sign because I'm very sensitive to it. And so when I see someone making certain excuses or moving a certain way, it does hit me like could this person be experiencing? And I don't want to judge right away, but yeah. they stay on my heart. I got know? you. They stay on my heart. And, you know, shoot a little prayer out there for them because yeah. you always want God. I always ask God to take off those blinders. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And and I think I love, I love, um, that's, I think that's the part of the exchange place that I love because I always say I want to give people, I want to give people mirrors of where they are, Mm -hmm. but I also want to give people windows of where they can be, right? And I think so often, especially whether it's domestic violence or anything else, being in it, sometimes you can't really see, like you said, take those blinders off. You can't really see what's going on. So I want to start like way back. Like how, how did you, how did that relationship start? Well, the relationship started because it was, um, I was braiding hair Mm -hmm. and a client of mine who I used to braid his hair, Mm -hmm. um, became my boo, my boo. Yeah, boo. Hey, boo. Okay. Gotcha. And in in the beginning, things were super nice, you know, and, and this is something that, um, I want to say from from experience, not just then, but even today, mm-hmm. be aware of those people who try to tie you down right away. You know, one, two weeks they're in love, three weeks they're in love. That's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I like I don't know about love at first sight, but I do know that when someone's trying to tie you down, let's move in together. Let's do this. It's a red flag and you should definitely Slow put down. the put the pause on yeah. that. And so in the beginning, like I said, it was nice. And coming from a household where my dad wasn't really around, you know, I had that daddy syndrome, yeah. mommy syndrome. I want to be loved. And I'm at, 30, you know, at my age now, I'm not going to say my age. <laughs> <laughs> you my young age girl. Now. You young, you, but how old were you then? I was 19. Okay. So I was 19 years old. And this can, and I'm not saying that this is only something that young girls are susceptible to, but if you haven't learned yourself, yeah, you're very susceptible to these and things. And you mentioned daddy issues. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times when your parents are not showing you how to be loved, mm-hmm. it can, you the, you let the world create what love yeah. looks like. And we've seen it on TV. We've seen it on music videos. We've seen it in the news and, yeah. you know, and the people that we look up to. So at 19 years old, you know, this guy was charming. You know, his words were pleasant. And, you know, it only, it, it took three months for the shift to start happening. Wow. But within those three months, there were little flags. That gotcha. As a 19-year-old who didn't know, you know, what I was walking into, I kind of, it's like something in your spirit says this isn't right, but then it's like you kind of ignore it a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. And then I gotcha. After the I love yous came is when the punches came too. Really? Yes. And that's where, that's where, um, I guess, 
that's where you know when they say you give people 90 days to really show who they truly are mm -hmm. and it it, de it definitely showed me and when I look back at it now because in like you said when you're in the midst of something you don't really see it yeah and when my dad was around with my mom and they were together they were very um abusive towards one another I never saw physical like I did see my mom spit at my dad mm -hmm. one time I never saw physical contact hands-on. Yeah. I did. My mom had spoken about when they were much younger, there was, like, some physical abuse. And the way they spoke to each other yeah. was very, 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 very harsh. Yeah. So the way me and my brothers spoke to each other was harsh. And we used to always quarrel and fight and, and hit each other. And most of the time, it was not like nobody sat us down and said, this is not what you do. This is not how you behave when you love one another. So it was just like it became something that was a norm for me. Yeah. So when the abuse started, it was like, well, I just got to fight back. This is, and you know, I saw family members always like just verbally abusive to one another. I had an uncle who used to hit women and. My mom was always, like, the one to kind of, like, separate them and, and take him to the side. And instead of saying, like, instead of taking the woman and pulling her out, it was just, like, geared towards, come on, let me help you to the man who's, ab who's you know, abusing. abusing. So it was, like, to me, it was a normal thing. Gotcha. It was, like, you know, um, I just got to defend myself. So take, take me back to the first time it happened, like— the first time he actually, like, it's like, I love you, and then a punch. Like, what What are you thinking at that point? Are you just thinking, hey, this is normal? Or are you thinking, like, no, at this that was point, never going to happen again? Oh, wow. So it was yeah, going to be so a fight. It was definitely going to be a fight. So I said, because we grew up in, like, I, I I even mentioned that in the last yeah, time. Like, I we understand it, yeah. In that, in that fight, in that war, you know? Yeah. And it was like, home was war zone. Outside was war zone. School was war zone. So it was just like, put your hands up and start fighting. Wow. So I was getting in the car, and I had just came out of a store where mm -hmm. there was a guy trying to talk to me in the store. Mm -hmm. He was trying to buy me something in the store, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I have my own money. Mm -hmm. So I guess... He either the insecurity of a man speaking to me or my response to the man where he wasn't in the store, he was but in the car the watching, but seeing the interaction it. triggered something in him. And when I got in the car, all that just right hook. Oh, my God. And because I'm someone who was like my my reaction was to hit back. So we just got into a fight in the car. Yeah. And then it was just very like it became a toxic night where it was like I'm leaving. Then it's like, no, I'm leaving. And then the next day, everything's all fine. And I'm going to say something right now. Mm -hmm. I used to smoke a lot of weed when I was younger. So mm -hmm. uh, smoking, you know, drugs, period, the influence of drugs, alcohol, all those things tend to either be used as a band-aid in those situations, yeah. right? Or how you cope. Or how you cope mm -hmm. or amplify the situation more. And for mm -hmm. us it was just like, well let's smoke a blunt and and, and just forget Chill it ever out. happened. Mm. Right. So it it was like that was fine for that hour. But then the next day or the day after, it was like it just got worse and worse and worse. And so it got to a point where I was like, all right, you know what? I gotta sleep with this knife under my bed because I don't know what's gonna happen tonight. So wow. it, it, it went all the way there. And so I, what made you stay at that point? If you're like going home, but with the intent, because that's like being in a safe, because your home is your safe place, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so or it should be right. um, to the audience. It should be um, to the listeners that are listening. Your home should be a safe place. So what does that, what does that feel like to be in your house with a knife under your pillow for the person you're sleeping with, almost like sleeping with the enemy. It's not a good feeling at all. And it's it 
it's a terrible feeling. It's a scary feeling. You wait, you're basically walking in your house with butterflies, not knowing whether to, today is going to be a good day or not. <sighs> and it sucks. And honestly, I can't tell you what made me stay because I think sometimes we just get so addicted to the toxicity. And we really believe that that's just what our life is. Mm -hmm. I do remember, obviously, confidence and self-esteem played a major role in in that situation. But I do remember living upstairs in a house upstairs from my mom and wanting to leave, but him threatening to burn the house down with my little brother and sister in it and my mom. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I had, at that point, nobody knew what was going on. People knew we would fight, but nobody knew how intense it was. Mm-hmm. So, and I was too scared to say something because, because I knew the pattern of breaking up and getting back together. I didn't want to involve anybody in that situation where it's like, okay, they're fighting for me, but then tomorrow we're back together. Mm-hmm. It, it was a lot of embarrassment. It was a lot of, of that fear of, I have cousins who will hurt somebody, yeah. somebody, <laughs> hurt somebody, yeah. you know, yeah. and I didn't want those things laying on my conscience. So it was just like so much, so many things at that time. Struggling. Where it was just it like, was an internal struggle. It was a super, it was, yeah. it was just a battle inside where it's like, are you sure you're going to leave for good? Are mm-hmm. you, or are you going to, you know, and there was times, you know, I would leave. And then a few weeks later, like I was so young and so like naive Little words or little gestures would just bring me right back. Do you think you came back because you were still looking for the feeling that you initially had in those in those think, initial states? Do you I know think, what I mean? Yes. I think that at that time I was looking for that feeling of things could be the way they used to be. And that's how and, and honestly, that is exactly how these relationships get so so dr- drug drug out because mm-hmm. what what I now as a grown woman I understand that what we don't realize in those situations is that the person they were for those three months was a facade. Yeah, it wasn't who they are. It was who they were so that they could reel you in and keep you where they wanted you. Mm-hmm. So now as an adult I realize that. So now when I'm going into dating someone or a relationship and I spend those three months with them and I see the change, I'm like, oh, okay. So you was being fake. Huh? <laughs> Right, I now, got you. Now I'm not you. Nice, yeah. to, nice to meet you. Yeah. So, yeah. so now it's like I think at that point I didn't realize you're never gonna get that back because that's not who he was. Mm. He is this monster. Because yeah. I'm gonna say at that time I don't. We don't have a relationship or connection now. But at that time he definitely was this monster who had so many things and so many wounds that he needed to deal with. Gotcha. Because I, I don't feel like. People who are abusive are abusive just because they want to be, right? So what did his home structure look like? Well, his dad used to be his mom. Okay. So that, you know, his dad tied him to a chair and beat him one time. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So there were a lot of things that happened in his life that I'm like, okay, so I get this. We don't learn from what we see. We practice what we see. Yep. We can resent it all we want, but we become sometimes the things that we very much so resent because we're not healing. We're not looking for the help because in our society, I know in 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 the Hispanic culture, if you go talk to a therapist, you crazy. You can't. Why you doing that? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's the same 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 thing. Yes, that's about that. And we I think we talked about that on another show that you know therapy was like you you could either 
it be you are either okay and crazy. If you went any type of therapist, anything, you are stone cold crazy and it's no mental health. Yeah. It's no yep. it's no in between or right. it was no um in between. So And I think another thing too is that a lot of people say what happens in this house stays in this Girl, house. You know and how many times I've heard that? Yeah. <laughs> and and in my and that was my household yeah. too. And to be honest, if something is not right, it should not stay in the house. I know. I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel like you watching your parents get abused or someone doing something that they shouldn't be doing in the household is something that needs to stay in the household because the effect that it has on the child. I don't think we think about it. I, I we think don't. I I think, and I grew up in a in a um a, a, to, a toxic household looking back. Um, I just, I really don't think we think about the effects of um, what children see. Um, I'm think, I thank God that we're at a place that we're breaking that um, yes. generationally. And I even think back to myself, like there are or have been periods of time that I've probably been a toxic person. And like I always say, Same. zero, like, you know, zero to 100 zero real to quick, 100. Yep. what my attitude looked like and what that has done or even put on my children, what the, how that affects them. But I don't I don't I honestly don't think that we think of it like that. I always say you said something that was um, really, really good. And I've talked about this on a live before. It's like becoming the very thing that somebody else has done to you or that you have seen. Mm -hmm. Or I think you get to the other extent where I have always felt like in my life, like if anybody ever puts their hands on me, I'm going to jail. (laughs) That's literally how I feel. And thank God I have been in um, scary situations. I've never been hit, um, thank God, physically hit. But I have been in situations where I felt like, especially one that I can, that like, that like I thought I was going to lose my life. Like I was like, if I can't leave here, my my kids won't have a mom. Like I felt like it was either me or you and like either I'm going to fight for my life or I'm going to, you know, you're going to end up taking mine. Like, that, basically. And that um, was my mentality. Yeah. That but was that my mentality. scared the living crap out of me because I, again, I have been exposed to domestic violence in my childhood. Um, and I had this, like, I really freaked out. I think that's the—that actually sent me to counseling. Wow. that That is one of the triggers that sent me to counseling. I've never been that afraid um, of a man— in my life, I had never felt like, yeah, I've never felt like that before. I literally wow. came home, locked, by the time I got out of there, locked my door. I was, like, afraid, afraid. And I was like, yeah. what is going on? I'm, like, all the way back to, like, childhood and the stuff that you've seen. I was like, I've never felt like that before. And I never want to ever feel like that yeah. before. Like, and I, it, it was also a place of, like, me choosing me. Mm-hmm. I have a hero syndrome that, um, you know, I still struggle with today from my sister dying. Like, so I've been saving, you've been saving people your whole yes. life. Yes. And at that particular point, I was just like, I'm going to die. Like, I felt like I'm going to die here and I've never felt that in my life. Yeah, that that's tough. And, and, and I know, I, I feel like I, that's exactly what it was for me in that situation. And yeah. I, and, I did go to jail. I, one night we got, like, there was an argument and I stabbed him. And, like, because, because I guess he was so scared, Mm -hmm. he called the cops. And they came and they arrested me. My brother, God bless him, came and bailed me out, put his house on lean and just was like, you... He, this is, he's like, I didn't even know this was going on. Like, mm. I, you never said nothing. Like, you need to leave this situation. 
um, this can't be something that is happening. Like, this is not healthy. And then he spoke to him, too. And he was like, if somebody was doing this to your sister, would you be okay with it? And at that point, I was so angry with him for calling the cops on me that I just wanted revenge. Mm. So I took it as, okay, the next time you put your hands on me, I'm calling the cops. And I that was the ignorance that made me stay a little longer. Wow. To get him back. To get back. Wow. So it, it was crazy. But um, God has his own plans because there got it got to a point where after a few years, maybe like a year, it there was no physical violence. There was very like abrupt conver like very tough arguments, but never I I think he thought that through really well. Like, mm -hmm. all right, this girl, she wants to call the cops on me. Yeah. So it didn't happen and then at one point it started to happen again. And let me tell you when I woke up on the kitchen floor, because I woke up because he choked me to the point where I fell asleep, like I, I was going to die. Yeah. I woke up on the kitchen floor and I was like, all right, this is this is no this is not good. So what was that? What was that argument? Was that so you said a year without any real like physical abuse? Physical. You guys right. are probably going back and, and forth and in each other's and faces. Having, yeah, yeah. And having those harsh conversations mm -hmm. and, and communications, let's call them. Um, but like, what do you I, what do you think? Triggered at that point, that I think point? it was me being ready to leave mm -hmm. and he wasn't ready to let go. Mm -hmm. And so. His thing was always like. Nobody's going to love you more than me because abusers know. And let me say that, like abusers do know how to trigger things in your head where you're fearful of leaving someone because you're not going to find somebody else. But you have to think past that and think, would you rather be with someone? Would you rather be a, like I would rather be alone than to be with someone who every day I'm walking in the house and my stomach is turning because I don't know the outcome of tonight. Yeah. You know, and I mean, at that point, I, I didn't think like that. Right. It took years. It took actually for me to get pregnant or my daughter to realize, like, if I have this child in this house, if it's a boy, he's going to leave this house abusive. And if it's a girl, she's going to leave this house being abused. Mm. And that is honestly, it was an act of selflessness because I think if I would not have gotten pregnant, I would not have had that moment of clarity where it was like, yo, you really are responsible for somebody now. Like, I, I lived a life where I didn't care whether tomorrow was my last day. When I was in my 20s and my teenage years, there was a lot of like so much that I have been through as a child and growing up that by the time I was 19, 20 years old, to, tomorrow wasn't a plan. I didn't even plan on living past 25 years old. If I'm being honest, wow. I got pregnant when I was 24, had my daughter when I was 25. And that's what gave me like that's what gave me a reason to live. So when I found out that I was pregnant, I had that moment of clarity where it was like, OK, you have you're in this relationship. You're going to raise this kid and this kid is either going to be abused or be a, the, abuser. the abuser. Wow. And you have to really determine if you're going to do if you're going to put this child through that, because I didn't want kids. I didn't want to be a parent because I, I wanted to live my life, right? Yeah. And I didn't have plans for my life. So I didn't didn't plan on bringing a baby into this world. Gotcha. So it was like, at that point, I was just like, yeah, no, you got to go. Like when, when the whole, like waking up on the kitchen floor, you got to go. Were you pregnant then? I didn't know I was pregnant. Uh, but yeah, you were. I was. Mm. So, um, so then, you know, like. 
And and it was it was so funny because I'm at work one day and my coworker's like, you need to take a pregnancy test because I want a pizza. And I'm like, girl, I ain't pregnant. Doctors used to tell me like, you know, I have this thing called PCOS where it's very hard I'm to get a, pregnant. I'm so aware, yeah. so I, so doctors was like, you, you're not you're gonna have a hard time having children. You're gonna have to go through treatment. So it was never something. It's, it was an act of God. That's what I always say. Like I say that my daughter saved my life because had I not found that I was pregnant, I would have stayed in that situation fighting and living that toxic lifestyle mm -hmm. and eventually we would have either one of us would have one of us would be in jail one of us would be dead wow. and to be quite honest if I'm being honest towards the end I think I'd be the one in jail mm -hmm. because at that point it was just like okay you're gonna hit me I'm gonna I'm going in the I'm kitchen do I'm going yeah, in the I'm kitchen gonna, I'm grabbing some knives yeah, you're gonna and, get cut up. We go, yeah. and that's exactly what yeah. it was for a while and like now when I think about it, it's just like if I had the proper guidance of knowing what it should look like. Right? Yeah. And not so much what it should look like, but just knowing what real love what is. What love is, yeah. Because it, it doesn't look the same for everybody. Yeah. But being physically abusive is never love. Somebody put in there, it's never love. That person needs to know how to love themselves first. If you take, if you're at the point where you feel like you have to harm somebody because they made you so angry, there's something inside of you. Yeah, that you need I mean, to go need and to address. address before yeah. you move on with anybody in your life. And it really, it really is, it really came down to finding out that I was pregnant and saying, all right, now I'm not living my life for myself no more. I have to live for this kid that I'm having. And at that point, I didn't know if it was a girl or a boy. Mm -hmm. I just knew that if I'm going to have a baby, I got to be responsible for it, yeah. which is, was something that I wasn't ever looking forward to. Like, my cousins would be like, you want to be my baby's godmother? No. <laughs> I am not being no godmommy. I'm sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> like, that's where I was in life. And then when... I, it wasn't something that I was looking forward to, but it was something that blessed my life so much because it changed the direction of my life in a way where now, anytime that I think about dating somebody or doing anything... Yeah, I anything. have to think about <laughs> how is this going to affect my daughter? And quite frankly, if I'm not here, she has no body. Like, yes, she has my parents... Yes, she has family, but the way and the way that I want to raise her, yeah. because tox just because you move away from the toxicity doesn't mean the toxic people don't still live in that space. Right. Yeah. The people that you grew up with, they don't they still live in that space. So I wouldn't want anybody to raise her and not teach her what it should look like, yeah. what love should look like, where where you know that love is an action and it's not just a word. It's not. Right? <laughs> that, yeah, I don't think people realize that um, until you get to a certain point. But like, all the I love yous, I love you, I love you, I love you, they're about as good as the good mornings. Exactly. The good morning texts. Yes. People are giving out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, with no action, it really doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And love is an action. You yeah. show what and how you feel about people. People should know if you never, of course, I'm not telling people to say, don't say I love you, but right. without me ever opening my mouth and saying I love you, my actions speak it. Yeah. And they should speak it. Yes, so, I agree. Yep. So so when you you find out, okay, now I'm pregnant, then how do you leave? Because it seems like you said you've gone back and forth so many mm -hmm. times. Now you've made a decision to leave. But how do you do that? Because I'm sure mentally you feel a certain way about yourself. Physically, I'm not sure what you were or where you were at that particular point of just like taking care of you, probably mm -hmm. not doing a whole lot of that. Right. So how do you leave? So it's so funny because I had a child. I was taking care of him. 
if if like I worked, I did. I was like the, the breadwinner in the house. Mm-hmm. He wanted to run the streets and be this god of the streets, and it was just like this is getting out of hand. You know what I mean? So it, it was. I was. I called my dad one morning. I was on my way to work. I said, "Listen, I'm four months pregnant. I can't." He he found out. I made it. I made it to the news when I got locked up. I mean, so everybody in my family found out at the same time. Oh wow! So yeah, this was this was about 2008. So okay. I look for the article all the time. I'm like, thank God it's not there. Okay, good, good. So um, he found. He knew too, and I told him like, I'm four months pregnant. I really can't be in this situation. I need somewhere to stay until I can save up to get my own place. Mm-hmm. So he was graceful enough to say, yeah, you can stay here, and um, that's exactly what I did. And I packed. As much as I could, put whatever I could in storage and took my clothes and I just, there's yeah. there's extra rooms there. So I, I went and I occupied the attic space and just stayed there until I had my daughter, ended up moving out after she was um, a few months. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how I left. And I did try to leave on a good, fo- on a good note mm-hmm. to say, hey, listen, you know what? We're about to have this kid. Um, he at that point wasn't ready. Five years together, we at that point wasn't ready for a kid, which I understand. I understand today because you still weren't were not ready to be a man. Yeah. So I said we're about to have this kid. Neither one of us have it together. Where we live in this crazy little toxic space, and we need to get our life together. You need to, you know, do what you have to do. I need to do what I have to do. So we need to just go. And so I kind of kept it very cordial. And I think because I was pregnant, that was his fear of why he did. That's probably why he didn't put his hands on me and fight it so much. And I and I think he also had this um, misconception of we were still together, but we're just not going to live together. Okay. so I think that's why it wasn't so Severe. Yeah, so like, at that he wasn't point, stalking it was just, you or like. Well, the stalking still happened. There okay. was still stalking happening, but I, like for me to leave, he just I just you. tried to let let it be very very smooth and not get it for it wouldn't get crazy. Mm-hmm. So and I also had my father come and help me bring the stuff out of my house. And something I've learned is that a coward will never do something in front of another man, mm-hmm. knowing that that man will correct him. Mm. So I think that was another thing, too. So yeah. um, so there was like that. That's what allowed me to just walk away is like I had a safe space to go to, to have my to, to have my term of pregnancy and to to give birth to my daughter and to have her wake up in a healthy household where it was like nobody love yelling. And, it's love. Yeah. Until this day, my daughter, she's seen arguments, obviously, but till this day, she's. If she sees someone arguing, she starts to tremble because she doesn't experience that at home. And that's what I want for her. Like, I used to see it every day, all all the time, on the weekends, my parents doing it. And I used to go to school with these knots. The same knots that I went to school with were the same knots that I would walk into my house with Mm. coming home from work and not knowing what it was going to look like. So I don't don't want that for her. I never want that for her. And I can control only as far as she's going to listen, right? And in her childhood, I don't know what is to happen in the future, but I know that at the end of the day, when it when it comes to her 21 or whatever age she decides she wants to fall in love and get yeah. married. I tell her 31, but you know, I can't control that either. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could say I did my part and I removed myself from a place where it could have led her to walk right into something that looked natural and normal to her. Yeah. You know, so. I love that. So I, I love that, first of all, that you had the support 
around you because I don't know that everybody who's listening, whether they're in this um, or have had that. And I know that we'll drop some, you know, helplines and everything in the um, actual comments. So people who if you are experiencing it, you can reach out if you don't have family support. But I love that you said that you did. It seems like you had a good foundation to be able to go to. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. So you move out, you, um, now are in a a safe space. What are you, what are you, what are you like now? Like at that particular point, because I know, you know, you've been abused. So you have all of, like you said, when you see somebody who has those traits of while they're in it, but I'm sure you still have residue of that. So at what point, A, what do you look like? And then at what point do you start working for this beautiful woman that sits next to me right now? (laughs) So, so. (laughs) Seriously. um, After that, obviously I was pregnant. I I wasn't dating anybody or nothing like that. After I had my daughter, I did date a couple of people, but I realized that I wasn't ready Mm -hmm. to be in that, in that light. I was just, I, I treated people like throwaways. Like it was just like. All right, you did. I don't like this about you. You're, I'm out. Like, it, yeah. and it was just like, I was hurting people. Yeah. But I was hurting people because I was hurt. Yeah. And, and trying to protect yourself. And trying from to protect myself from being more. hurt more. Yeah. So I said, I said, you know what? Let me focus on being a mother. And I, and I know, like, when you become a mother, life doesn't stop. You still have to love your life and enjoy oh, it, right? But I wasn't focusing on that. I wasn't, like, it wasn't a, priority because I had, you know, my mom who was, that's her first grandchild. So she's like, let me take her with me, my you know, and I would send her to PA sometimes or she would go to my dad's house or my friends wanted to go out. So I was just like, let me stop for a minute because I was like using all that stuff as band-aids. Mm. Right. So it wasn't it wasn't the drugs anymore, but now I'm hanging out, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And so those were my band-aids. Those were my therapy. Mm. And, or my form of therapy, yeah. right? No, therapy so, looks, look looks different, different for, for everybody, everybody right. who, of what they're using for therapy and coping mechanisms. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, so one day it just, I was just like, if you don't raise this child, because we can be parent, we could be moms, and we can, and then you can be someone raising somebody. Yeah. And that doesn't take a mom. It takes somebody who makes a decision to say, I'm going to raise my child, right? Yeah. There so, is a difference. Yes, a big yeah, difference. A big, 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 big difference. Yeah. And so I, I said, you know what? For about five years, I said, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not dating anybody. I'm not, there's not going to be no boo things, no friends with benefit things. It's just me, my daughter, and God. And that's what I did for a really long time. Till to a point where it got comfortable. I was like, I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm good, not getting married, ever. not dating nobody ever, right? So, so I didn't know. Child just came from there. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I so, so I didn't like, I didn't really experience anything about like looking at the red flags or dealing with the residue until recently. And when I was here last time, you said, I don't yeah. know what your status is, and I was dating someone. Mm-hmm. And in that experience, I realized that I was about to start dating my. 19-year-old love all over again. Wow. And it took... What made you see that? Three months. Three months. <laughs> Don't listen. Okay. Those 90 La- days. Ladies. <laughs> and gentlemen. And gentlemen, right? So those 90 days are important. Yes. Um, to see abusers, to see people that just don't... Don't, don't serve have, your life. Right. right. And I think it it takes I, I was telling Amber this the other day, like I'm so patient with love right now. I like really want to know 
who I'm getting, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. and I want them to know who they're getting. Like, right. I think so often, you said it earlier, in that kind of space, and I'm reading this book called Safe People, um, and it talks about that, like, period when you meet the person that you kind of think is, like, the love of your life, and they look like and feel like and it feels good and all of that, and it's just like, but we don't kind of slow down. You see certain things, and not everything's a deal breaker, but, like, just give yourself a t- time. Yeah. Because I think it would limit, and not just for domestic violence, but just people and you opening up to people that don't deserve you and are not necessarily value. Everybody's valuable, but everybody's not valuable to your life, right? So Mm -hmm. being able to differentiate who's who if you just slow down. So those 90, 90 days. Are important. Didn't uh, Steve Harvey had that 90 day the rule? 90 day, <laughs> 90 day rule for sex. But yes. I mean, I, I do think there's some validity in that of just like take your time and get to know somebody. Yes. It's no rush. If it's love, God willing, it will it will blossom. It's, right. you know, slow and steady. Right. And that's that's some, something that I'm learning. That's something that I had to relearn because sometimes when you block yourself from even thinking about dating somebody, yeah. you block yourself from knowing the lessons. Yeah. Right? So I think I did that for such a long time. And I got into this situation and it seemed so perfect. And I have a lot now as an adult, I have a lot of discernment. Uh-huh. So the Holy Spirit would check me right quick, like, okay, I'm gonna like I ask God, like, show me these people. Yeah. Show me their character. Show me if their interest is good for me. And if not, take them out of my life. I don't care how much it hurts. Yes. And sometimes it really hurts. You got to be careful what you pray for. It's all right. I'm okay with that prayer. <laughs> Me too. I, I am too. okay with that prayer. I, it takes time to get over it. It takes it, time to get I'm there. I'm okay with God doing what he needs to do Close in my that life door. Because who it, affects that, who it affects is the person that comes after me. And the person that comes after me is my daughter. Yeah. So the way that that any situation hits me is how I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And who, whoever's in my space is going to be receiving the residue of it. Yeah. And so I have to, I'd rather be hurt with the truth than like fall in love over a lie. And yeah. what I was realizing in those 90 days was the, discer- the, the, my spirit kept telling me like, check this person, check this person, check this person. There was things that, that were just too perfect. And I'm not saying that sometimes situations are extremely perfect, right? Yeah. But when your spirit is telling you something, do not, do not, whatever you want to call it. I call it the Holy Spirit. You, some people call it intuition. Yeah. Call it what you want. Call it, I got a feeling, call it whatever you Vibes, want. Vibes, yeah. juju, anything you want to call it, <laughs> whatever, you whatever call it. it is, don't disregard it yeah because yeah. it will lead you like whatever that gut feeling your gut knows what's going to happen before you do and whatever that feeling is do not ignore it because then you might end up hurt heartbroken sometimes you can end up dead like yeah. you just you know it took for a friend of mine because a year after my daughter was born we tried to make it work mm-hmm. and i ended up on the bathroom floor waking up so this was with my daughter's father. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine at the time and she goes, you know, it, one, one, you know, every five minutes someone dies at the hands of an abuser. Yeah. Yeah. It only took that for me to remember, like, OK, you need to be here for your daughter. You can't you can't do this. You can't you like you got to go. Yeah. And at, at that point, it was just like a right hands like that's it we're gonna do this we're gonna you're you're either gonna be in her life on my terms or 
you choose what you want to do, but we won't be together. Be together. You know, so. I'm proud of you. I I am. And I'll tell you why. I was watching, and I know probably most of the listeners had seen, there was a guy, I think he was in Baltimore, who had, um, who killed his pre- actually existing girlfriend or maybe they were ex-girlfriend and then he said he figured out it was like on Facebook live he had gone live and he realized I don't know if you saw this he realized who had created this monster that he become had become and it was his ex-wife and he went to his ex-wife's wife house and then killed her and then killed himself and just watching that for me like literally scared the living junk out of me because I'm just like you just never know what's going on in people's head and you never know because I it's so crazy on the Facebook live he kind of says to he's like talking to the camera and telling them hey I never thought I would be this person I just he's confessing to killing the girl and apparently she had um she was pregnant the girlfriend had I guess threatened him with like oh you're not going to be able to sue your child or something like that and so he killed her and then he said that triggered because he had been in court battling his ex-wife for um, custody or something like that and that she was the one who had created this monster so he was going to he basically was like on live and like I'm going to kill her and then I'm just going to do myself and I was just like where are you at that point you know what I'm saying like that person and then thinking about the ex-wife because it, it even when he goes to um, attack her, which is, of course, the camera cuts, but he kind of says, like, today's the day. So he's been threatening threatening her up to this point. So I'm sure, you know what I mean? It's not something that she didn't expect, but I'm sure she probably never thought he was going to act on it or he he probably has never acted on it, but he's probably been saying it. And it's just like it's so scary that people will stay. And I know when you're being abused, you're not. The whole you, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You're insecure, you're afraid, Mm -hmm. but there's so much help out here. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a support system, if somebody's threatening your life, if um, you you are being abused, I just want people to really reach out and get help and talk to somebody. Maybe that's not the the information that we'll provide. Maybe that is a safe space. Maybe that's a therapist. Maybe that is just a friend. Maybe it's a stranger. But I just feel like. We need to say something. That yes. whole what goes on in this house stays in this house. It's out the door. Don't and be embarrassed about it. No. You would rather be here, right, mm-hmm. than to to not. Right. And it's just so scary to, to see what's going on. And it's even scarier, which I want to do um, something on men because I, I think it's even – and I don't want to say – I don't want to compare them, but I think it's more embarrassing for men oh, to yes. say, hey, I'm being abused at home, mm-hmm. right? I actually come out about it, but I know guys who are who may listen to this. Um, if that's happening, like you don't deserve that. Right. Don't. Yeah, and you, and I think we also have to work on ourselves where we get to a better self worth to know that and have the strength. That's why I said I'm proud of you to walk away because, like you said, so many people didn't. Mm-hmm. So many people kept trying mm-hmm. and trying and trying, and it cost them. Oh, like wow. everything costs you and it costs you whether it's your mental health and or your life yeah Yeah. um so it's true and and i feel like because society amplifies sex so much right and amplifies being in relationships so uh, much so much it's starting at a younger age now like Mm -hmm. i remember being 
past that situation. My daughter's probably like four or five years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And the neighbors from downstairs, 17 and 18-year-olds, boyfriends beating on his girlfriend. Mm. They're in high school still. And it's like our job is not to make kids want to be married right away, right? Like, we we, we, we kind of grew up in a world where it was like, all right, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, get married, have kids, build yeah. a family. But it's like, where do we stop and teach our children, find you first? I don't think we, I mean, I know right? us growing up, when you said that, it instantly reminded me of the song we used to sing when I was a kid. Me and such and such sitting in the tree. K I S S I N G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes with the baby carriage. I don't, I mean, I just don't think we're doing that. I mean, culture now is a little bit different, but I still think it's focused on relationship goals. It's focused on, you know what I mean? Like this almost fake and I, I always want to call them optics because we're so heavily influenced by social media and yeah. which would now be becoming the metaverse which that scares the hell out of me but yeah. we want to go oh there goodness, I, I don't want to talk about that yet um, but I think as children are and I have a my youngest is 15 years old and we have conversations often about we're just having a conversation and I'm laughing but I'm not thinking about this but like he's telling me about like one of his friends that felt like they got ghosted and um, you know just stuff that you're just like you know what like. I'm like, you're 15, like, go to school, have fun, play, you know, play outside, play on your game or whatever. Like, having a relationship is not the thing right now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. uh, you have your whole life, God willing, ahead of you. Like, you have plenty of time for love, plenty of time for relationship goals. That should not even be a thing. Yeah. And again, from some of the stories that I've heard from him, and I want to overshare because I know, you know, he shares, but... About that dynamic at that age, I'm like, I don't know that I was that engulfed in boys. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm I, like, I had some friends who were at that age. I was I was still very much a tomboy as, as me too. when I was young. Yeah. So I don't I don't. But I could relate to that. Like I, my daughter, she's ten. Yeah. She's in fourth grade. Yeah. And her friends are like, oh, fourth grade. They're such they're babies, and they're talking about their sexuality and yeah. all these things. And I'm telling my daughter, like, listen, right now you're in a stage right now where you don't even know what you want. Yeah. You might think you know what you want, but there's so much life after the the, the elementary, the middle, and the high school. Yeah. That, and even after that. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I never. I'm still thought. learning. Me yeah. too. Every day we're learning, and yeah. we talked about that last night. You have to continue to learn. Yeah. And I told her, like, you know, you. Your friends don't know what they want. Yeah. They might see things on TV that that they're impressed and impressionable right now, yeah. so they they're impressed by it or they're curious by it. But we, as the adults, and whether it be a sister, um, a mom, yeah. right, a father, a cousin, an older cousin, whatever you are in a kid's life. It's our job to lead them and guide them in the right way yeah. and say, like, hey, this is what you really should be focusing on. Like, mm -hmm. And and sometimes I see it, and I don't want to say all parents, but even in myself, when, when the pandemic started, you know, we're so, like you said, we're so stuck and influenced by social media that at some point I had to sit down and say, you're not—homeschooling your daughter is not hard. 
Getting off of the phone is hard. Yeah. Put the phone down for the hours that she's in class and focus with her, and this will be a ride in the park. Yeah. And that's what I had to do. And sometimes as a parent, you got to be more self-aware of your parenting. And I'm not saying mom and dad. I'm talking about big brother, big sister, (laughs) big cousin, right? Yeah. I don't don't think people all the time look at that. Like, just because you you didn't birth the child um, in here, your responsibility, it takes a— it takes a village, village. to raise a, a child. And I think we all need to take responsibility mm-hmm. of the influence that we have on people, especially yeah. if you are a leader and yes. people are looking to you and they are watching. I'm telling you. oh, They're watching and they will tell you they, about you. They are watching you. They are watching you. Yep. And they are not listening to what just comes out of your mouth. They hear you. But they are watching what you do. Yes. Every step of the way. And I know because I look, I have my son will be 20 in May and my 15 year old. And all the time they're like, oh, no, I know when you do this or I know when you're, you know, not feeling like this. I they are watching and they've been watching since they were small. (laughs) You think think you hide it, but not at all. No. And that's what I I had to come to that realization at a certain point in, in motherhood where it's like. Even if you're behind closed doors and she doesn't see it, it's going to affect her. And she knows it's happening. You yeah. know, there these we don't give children enough credit. Nope. And say <laughs> I do, I do now because now right. I think about it like, who was I as a child? Right. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I was I was pretty on point of what I saw, and whether my parents saw me seeing it. Um, or knowing or knew that I kn- was knowing what was going on, I knew. Yeah. So and they are smart. They're super smart. And then that's why, like, when I say, like, this whole going forward into when I decided I did want to start dating again yeah. and I saw what was going on in those 90 days, <laughs> I said, okay, this is going to affect my daughter in a way that I don't want it to affect her. Mm. And I would never want her to resent me, especially at this age. It's a tender age, right? She's going into, yeah. she's a preteen going into teenage years. This is where the hormones and the and the puberty and everything starts happening. So now you kind of don't really, you're confused about things in life. I'm like, I can't engulf myself in this situation. Mm-hmm. I was, I, and, I've, and I knew, it's so funny because I knew that there was a point where I was like, the hood me was going to come back out. And I was like, all right, if I'm going there, if that's what I'm feeling right now, yeah. I need to walk away from this. And I had to walk away from this. And the reason I compare it to my first, my 19-year-old love was because the very next day, guess who I see? I see my daughter's father coming mm. out of the store. And I'm just like, I felt like that was God, like saying I was pulling you away from walking back into something that you walked into you, you 13, know what? 14, 15 years ago. You know what? And this is probably going to, this is making me um, just think about something. And of course, I always <laughs> cry when I really, really think. But I, um, God will reward you for that because I always feel like there's a test mm-hmm. and he gives us um and I don't say he gives us, but he allows us to see the counterfeit before the real thing comes. So just know the real thing is coming because I think it takes Amen. a level of strength to walk away from something that you want. Yes. Desire. And that kind of feels right, especially when you're you've waited a long time. Um, but to know, like, this is not it. And my prayer, my prayer for you is my prayer that I pray for myself Two things is that God would send me the right thing at the right time 
and I have the eyes to see that it's the right thing. And then also just the affirmation of like God has created the person that you dream of, that you can live within your purpose, who understands you and sees you. So it's coming. It's coming. Always (laughs) the test before. I feel like he gives us the, like, can I trust you with the right thing? Right. Have you really learned what you're supposed to learn? Right, right. So. And that's, it's so funny you say that because I didn't think about it like that. I just yeah. thought about it like, oh, God, I see you. Like, you telling me right <laughs> you now, like, me. you yeah. walked away from what you was, what you, yeah. you know. And it's crazy because sometimes if we don't, I guess, like you said, it's a test because if we don't prepare ourselves properly we will be in the same situation we Cycles. were in. The cycle will continue yep. cycle. 10, 15 years ago yep. and not even realize Not even it, know how we right? got back in yeah, it. Yeah, like— I'm a witness. Been there. And it's, it's like, <laughs> Not wow. in domestic violence, right, but, but been there. Been toxicity. There other things. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, and it's like wow. Like, yeah. That's, that's deep. That's yeah. really deep. Yeah. So what, what words of wisdom would you give someone um, that's in it or getting out of it? Or what would you say to uh, somebody— I would say, number one, you are more precious than rubies and pearls, okay? That is in the good book. That is about you, me, and everybody. So don't ever think that you're worthless. Don't ever think that you deserve what you're being, what you're going through, what you're experiencing. There is a a way out. And I mean, a way out, even if you have to leave the county, the city, the state, whatever, there's a way out. Yeah. And there are... People who God will put in your life to help you and to and to like push you to do to get more help. Yeah. Don't let your circumstances because I know financial um, abuse is also something in in relationships, which mm-hmm. is also a form of domestic violence, where maybe they're the breadwinner and you have nothing or nowhere to go. Go. There's places that will yeah. help you. They will hide you. They will. Uh, help you progress to your to a better future. You have to know that you're not alone. There's so many people fighting the same battles and you 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 you're worth way more yeah. than what you're going through. Yeah. And if you're coming out of it, keep fighting because on the other side of that of that gate that you're climbing over, there's such a peace and and I never knew how how good peace was until I spent five years getting to know myself yeah. and understanding that if I don't have this with somebody, I'm going to stay by myself. I don't care because there's nothing more valuable than having that peace within yourself. Like if you got to, if you're walking in the house, like I was like butterflies in your stomach, sleeping with a knife under your pillow, those, that's not peace. That is just a recipe for disaster, for death. Like, you know, I never will want somebody's life on my hands, yeah. you know, in the in the midst of a situation that I, that I could have possibly left, right? And don't also don't think you have to get back at this person because that's also an ignorant point that I faced in my life where mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, you called the cops on me, I'm going to put you in jail now. Yeah. Like, and, and that's just, that was me being very, very ignorant instead of taking that opportunity to say, okay, you know what? The, the judge said, I don't want you having any contact and using that that time of space to just remove myself, to solve myself from the situation as a whole. Um, but you are super valuable. You are super worthy. And 
there's somebody who loves you and don't think that the enemy doesn't want you to see that because that's that's what it is. It's a spiritual battle. Like it's yeah. it's a big battle of you reaching for the greatness that God has for you versus what the enemy wants to see you go through and what you're going through right now, if you're going through it or walking out of it, is not the plans that God has for your life. He, pl- he promises to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future. So if that's not what you're experiencing, then that's not that's not God's plan for you. Walk away. I support any woman, any man who decides this is not for me. Just go. Yeah. Just go. And I promise you, living living experience, you will see peace. You will prosper. You will see greatness on the other side of the fence. I love that. I love that. And I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for and, having me. And uh, can you just tell everybody who may watch, listen to this episode, how they can contact you if they want to talk or because yes. I know you are always putting out lives. You are always helping, inspiring. Um, but if they want to contact you, how could they get in touch with you? And how could they get this nice little sweater that you have oh, on? I wear it. Okay, today. so <laughs> <laughs> my sweater says tap into your dopeness it's um you can follow me on tap into your dopeness or ty underscore shay on instagram um and this sweater there was only one made but uh, if you want uh, I'm like, I, I think I need one. I have a shirt that I should have worn today but uh, I, yeah I didn't I, I didn't have, coordinate I do <laughs> have I have sweaters and hoodies but my um, I just got one made for now I'm, I am having more made because people haven't seen it like I want one of those uh, but um I, it's it's a this is Tap into your dopeness, like I always say, is about tapping into you and being you who God created you to be, not what the world wants to see you become. And I honestly feel like when you tap into your dopeness, you won't put up with the crap that the the rest of the world wants to give us. Uh. You you definitely don't because you know who you are. You know whose you are. And you know that you need to walk in that alignment to continue being dope. Yes, I'm done with that. So thank you so much for tapping in and we will see you next week. Lady, y'all. Thank you. (laughs)